Daddy Lady, the book club of love. Actual twinter. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. Welcome to BB Studios. Thank you for having me in your mini minivan. Um, I have some twin sides. Do you? I do have some twin sides. Who's gonna go first? I can make mine kind of quick. Mine's not really a story. I just want to talk a little bit more about our interview with Pre. Okay. And um, tell you some stuff that I twin sided on myself. Okay. As we mentioned in our last show, we went on a field trip after our after our interview, and we continue talking about non monogamy. Mm-hmm. And as I was talking to her, I kind of realized I'm definitely not opposed to non-monogamy and, uh, you know, her swinging lifestyle. I'm, Despite, and I say that because I did tell the story about somebody thinking that Blaine and I were swingers mm-hmm. and, being, and being very offended by mm-hmm. that. I was trying to put into words like why I don't see myself in that kind of relationship. Pre-speaking, it's like she figured out how to make this work for her and she meets new people and she has these intimate experiences mm-hmm. and relationships and adventures. Mm-hmm. Like it is so fulfilling. And I bet it would be fulfilling if I had some other situation you know but when I met Blaine I was 24 he was 34 he had already had a lot of experiences which kind of I think adds to him never you know not being open to anything like this yeah but I had come out of you know at least one relationship that was really full of turmoil yeah. And I didn't want that anymore. I wanted stability. I didn't want to spend any more time wondering if I was going to come home to somebody who was going to treat me well. I, you know, I was done with like any hint of jealousy, which is something that Blaine never really brings into our relationship, the jealousy thing. Mm-hmm. And I realized that for me right now, and probably for the rest of my relationship with Blaine, the stability is more fulfilling than the adventure I guess so anyway that's it that was just a little twin sight um you know I did want to give a caveat that you know it's not like we're not exciting people we had a date you know what yes my mom took my son on a Friday night very unexpectedly um let's just say that uh Blaine started giving me a back rub okay 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 you know because it's like one of the few times that we've been alone in the past two years I thought it would be really funny if I just started snoring uh-huh uh-huh yeah um <laughs> and I had a good laugh at that and he continued rubbing my back and then he started snoring <laughs> <laughs> And then I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> we still had adult things to do, but I just could not stop That's laughing. <laughs> so there, there's my twin sight. Okay. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. BB, what is your twin sight? Oh, I had so many of them. Yeah? Well, you know, some of them actually I'm not I'm gonna save them because I know what this episode is and my twin sight's actually for this episode. Oh, okay. So I'll 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 break them out. Okay. Next week. Okay. Other things that have happened. Oh, I did want to tell the art model story. Okay. And God damn it, I already told it to you. So you're gonna you're gonna have to laugh. Okay. I, I will. At I'll the punchline. I will. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. basically. Wait, is this a story that you told us? You told us um, while we're at Golden Poppy, just having some noshes. Yeah. yeah okay. Because <laughs> Pri has modeled, and she she's an art model, which means she takes off her clothes. And oh yeah, there's a beautiful f- painting of her that I'm gonna put up at the werewolf orgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look for that on our Instagram and on our website. But anyway, go on. Yeah. So there was a period of my life when I needed 
money. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a, an incredibly strong work ethic and I will do whatever I need to to support myself. Yeah. And I'd actually like reached out to Pre because I knew that she did this and I thought like maybe it would be something that I could do too. Now, the problem is that as you know, we never take our clothes off. Never. We're, we we're, just don't. We if we do a burlesque act, <laughs> chances are good we're going to have even more clothes on that by the true. end of it. That is true. <laughs> or we'll be covered in blood. Or we'll be conjoined yeah. whatever. Something yeah, gross exactly. or yeah. It's just us. We just we just don't do it. Yeah. And so actually for those of you who I've seen the search Pooh Bell Twins Naked. You're not nothing. You're not you're not no, gonna find anything. It's not nothing's gonna happen. So I really thought art modeling would be a good idea because I was very fit and I could hold poses because I was like training and all, you know, for Lucha. And somebody gave me the contact number of an arts a woman who runs an art school and I went to meet her and I was like, Hey, here's the deal. I think I'd be really good at this. Now the one problem is I'm I'm not gonna take off my clothes. Okay. This was like um like a that that was an option? Yeah, well, you know, it's a, yeah, it was a what do you call it's it was a no, 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 it wasn't no. an option. Okay, all right. Um, but you let her know. And she's like, well, what? Do you, then what are you suggesting? I'm like, well, I have a very small outfit I can wear, you know, mm-hmm. like a, I, I have a custom made, you know. And she's like, okay, you know what? We'll give it a try for three sessions. And the rate was pretty good, whatever. And so then, then I went home and scrambled and sewed together this little outfit that covered me so you didn't have the outfit no absolutely okay, okay, not good yeah yeah all right and um but like it was a small outfit mm-hmm. it took some courage to go back and like pose uh-huh. yeah and I did the first time and it actually like it's very meditative for me mm-hmm. I liked it mm-hmm. so I did that I did the first one did the second one did the third one I was like this is something I can do mm-hmm. so okay, at the so end of that session uh-huh. this was like one session a week for three weeks whatever uh-huh. Like, I come down, and, like, everyone's, like, kind of cleaning up and stuff. I mean, they didn't offer you a robe because y- you were already dressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> technically. And so she hands me the money. She's standing there with all the students, hands me the money. And I was like, so do you want to, like, uh, schedule the other sessions now? And she goes, no. Mm-hmm. And then she said, um, yeah, the students have told me it's pretty weird. <laughs> In front of everybody, (laughs) she told me that my nude modeling with clothes on was weird. (laughs) The nerve. The nerve. (laughs) Like, they should have. I mean, I'm just, I'm speechless. Um, When you told the story originally, I sort of backed her up. And you know what Pri said? No. You, you could do what you want. Oh, right. she, yeah, well, she had yeah. some, she had some reasoning. Well, she said I don't remember actually. No, I mean she said it's kind of it's a kind of a messed up world. So anyway, so Barbara Ann Duffy, clothed nude model, <laughs> hire me. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to say was Vera, thank you Nottingham L. I was able to look at the photo. It's brilliant. The woman dresses a hot dog with the little cap on her head. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy hot dog. Um, can I just tell a story about a kiss I had once? I mean, yeah. Because, you know, we haven't been talking about personal lives very much. Well, I mean, I just told a very sexy, sexual story about yeah, me very, and my husband. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a kiss once that I mm-hmm. still remember. And it happened, now it's like 23, 24 years ago. Have you ever had a kiss like that you just remember? Yeah, definitely. Oh, let me hear it then. I mean, I, there was this hot dog. <laughs> Why did, you, you what, know, did I tell you, you know, the story already? You know, you know what? I, forget my story. Let's hear your story. I, I know my story. Okay, let's hear your story. 
Okay, well, that's going to be in the, um, that's the cash app extra. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Tip your $25, <laughs> she'll tell you when she kissed a hot dog. Or there was a hot dog. I, don't, I can't say she kissed it. I didn't say I kissed it. I just said there was a hot dog. <laughs> tell your story, Barbara. Anyway, okay. I went out with someone, someone who I'd known from college. And I don't even know what we did. No clue. Don't remember anything. But I do remember standing on my steps it was on the steps. There was a metal gate. We were kind of hemming and hawing, and I closed the gate, and we were like still, but we were still standing there. Mm-hmm. Like we're both in our early twenties. Wait, so there's a gate between you? Yeah, there's a gate between. Okay. I think we we're probably really standing there for a while, uh-huh, like uh-huh. nervously, like that ener- that weird energy. And I didn't know if it was a date or it was like very sweet but weird. And mm-hmm. so finally, I think I mean, kind I- of like a clothed nude model. <laughs> Wait, kind sweet of su- but weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. It was like that. Okay. Continue. Um, so I think I finally closed the gate and then we were still, but we were still standing there. And uh-huh. then he reached his hands in and just, I don't know. He like, he must've touched me somehow, but I ended up opening the gate. I remember he put his hands on my hips. Uh-huh. Like, you know how we have those hip bones that's completely jut out. Yeah, I can put like four children on each hip. Yes, yes, yes. We're very lucky in that way. Yeah, because we have four children. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I just like I remember that feeling of like having his hands on my hips, and then we kissed, and it was just the best kiss. It was just the sweetest, softest, like just the whole thing, though, leading up to it, and like the way he put his hands on my hips, and I I might remember like two other kisses in my entire life, and I remember that one. Hmm. What does this have to do with hot dog costumes? Well, we've stayed friends through the years, and right after you posted that photo, mm-hmm. he sent me a photo of himself wearing a fucking hot dog costume. <laughs> so, Vera, yeah, what? Uh, now I th- now I feel like I can't ignore this anymore. What what is it with hot dog costumes? I and love and us and like what is this matrix that we're I. Because your hot dog costume led to this really passionate evening. Yeah. And then this other guy who wore a hot dog costume gave you a passionate kiss. And then I have a story about a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm, you know, that, that's that, for my only fans. <laughs> for my only buns. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Who else has a hot dog story out there? I just, I just feel like this do- is bigger than the both of us. You know what I mean? I do, I do too. And I, it might be the key to my love life. It might be, I don't know what, see, see, I don't know your hot dog story. So I don't know if it's the key to, for anything to you. <laughs> I think it's significant, but I mean. Well, I don't know. One day we'll find out. Do I have to? Um, you have to sign up for my only buns. <laughs> okay. Who else has a hot dog costume out there? I, we need you to step forward and let us know how how you are a part of our life. We need to figure now. This yeah. is like a mystery. It's a puzzle. We need to figure out all the pieces. I feel like we're in like yellow jackets mainly yeah. because I just finished washing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like there's hot dogs in my past. There's hot dogs in, you know, like in my in, freezer in my free. No, okay. there's not actually. <laughs> You freeze hot dogs? Well, it's vegetarian ones, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us off topic. I just feel like hot dogs are in our future, my future. Mm-hmm. I mean, hot dog costumes. Yeah. Because do- you said you were, you had a hot dog? Because that's different than a costume. So I want to make sure that everybody <laughs> knows that we picked out our new book um, that we're going to start. It arrives in a week, and it is about 
the science behind heartbreak. Mm. And it is written by a woman, a, a scientist lady who uh, met a, her husband in college, like first week, age 18. 23 years later, he ended their relationship. She has heartbreak. She's an author. She wrote a book. All right. Wait, did I say hot dog in there? No, you said she had heart dog. I did. <laughs> I thought I thought that's yeah, what yeah. I said. Okay. So she it's a book about the science behind hot dog. Okay. All right. All right. Great. That's coming up. We have as she mentioned, we have a cash app that you can go to Daddy Ladies. Mm-hmm. Um send us a little tip if you'd like. Like $2. Yeah, or a hot dog. And then we also have <laughs> Instagram accounts <laughs> for mm-hmm. at Daddy Ladies at Poobell Twins. Mm-hmm. Um we have a neglected Facebook page where you can see all our Instagram posts. And we're going to find a funner way to do this announcement pretty soon. Yeah, no, we're going to record like a whole sta- like a standard hot dog thing that we're going to just play at the end of every episode, right? I mean, if we're going to hot dog with them, we should probably just hot dog, right? Yeah, yeah hot dog. Hot okay. dog. Bye. We're almost ready to start. I just wanted to mention that we have a trigger warning in this episode. It falls around 24 minutes and 30 seconds. Pre talks about date rape briefly. So there you go. Take care and thanks for listening or not listening if you don't feel up to it. Um, <laughs> tell us about the sex parties. Okay. How do you find the sex parties? So sex parties tend to be invite only and they're supposed to be very safe. And I found out about the sex party through Vincent who had, you know, uh, experience with sex parties and, you know, worked in dungeons, like I said. As a DJ. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not as a, any kind of a, <laughs> but um, as a, a sex worker. Unfortunately, I would have really liked if he was really good at whips or something, but you know, <laughs> we all have something to learn. So it was really fun. We went out there and this was a first, I mean, I'd been in orgies before. <laughs> okay. All right. Reel it back. <laughs> But this was the first official sex party. How was your orgy? You had a lame orgy, so how was oh, yours? Oh, I heard about that. I'm sorry. Was it the Frankenstein orgy you went to before? <laughs> Were there body parts falling off? I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't safe. I didn't know what body part came from who. So <laughs> They were just like putting them back on, whatever. I don't know, werewolf sex party. I think I'd be a little afraid of that too, but <laughs> it's a little too hairy for me. Um yeah, the orgies were kind of natural. They were really fun. Is that just like you, you're with friends after a club or, or whatever? I don't know. That's it just kind of happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you know everybody. Like Not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but like you choose, yeah. you know? And it's really fun. I also like to uh, be voyeuristic. And I also, I don't know. Let's see. So yeah, now's the time to get shy, by the way. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of where to start. Do you want to hear about my first orgy or do you want to hear about the sex party? Let me just talk about the sex party. Okay. Um, so we get there and it was great. They have vendors there that are selling condoms and lube and sex, sex and different toys. And I'm like, this is really cool. Can you tell what the, you don't have to tell me what the venue is, but was it like warehouse? Was it like someone's mansion? What, what was the? Yeah, it was like somebody's house. And but it was dedicated to sex parties, so I'm not really in that scene, so I don't know exactly how it works. But this is what I understand. It's kind of like a business. And um, so we went in there, and there were different themed rooms. Like you, there was beds, and there were BDSM equipment, there were like different racks and stuff like that. <sighs> there is this giant, like I had heard about them, but this giant vibrator in the living room with like like different attachments, <laughs> like multiple. Wow. <laughs> And personally, I was too scared to, like, use the uh, community's equipment. <laughs> like, not to judge. Whatever. 
but I was too scared. But anyway, this woman got on it, and she was with her partner, and she was just going crazy. She was like, <laughs> like, that's really fun. I'll just live vicariously through you. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, Vincent was, like, turned on by it, and I was like, fun. So, you know, people take off their clothes, and, you know, you do whatever, wherever. Yeah, we met another couple there. They were really, really fun, and we started fooling around with them. And the thing I want to say is I have a type, but I feel like in that kind of situation, it's just really fun and exciting. So, yeah, it was kind of, oh, I think that was one of your questions, too, about types. So it just depends. If I'm having a good time, I really don't care what you look like. Okay. But um, it was fun. Wait, wait, how do you vibe? Like, what is it, though, that would attract you? If there's so many people to choose from, what would be the thing that would draw you to somebody? Maybe just, like, what naturally draws you. I, I think the couple approached us. Okay. Does that help when someone is more aggressive? Or do you prefer to be more aggressive? Sort of. That's sort of. I was thinking of passive versus aggressive. Like, <laughs> sorry, wrong word. But um, it just depends. Uh, it was. I think it was kind of helpful in that situation because I hadn't been in a situation like that before. And they're also sober parties. Like, they don't serve alcohol. They have snacks in the kitchen because you know it takes a lot of energy to be sexy. <laughs> it's like, oh god, I need a snack. <laughs> it was hilarious. They're like chip bowls and coke. <laughs> it's just like we're at a house party. <laughs> <laughs> is that usual not to have alcohol or drugs or stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. That's it's really good to know. It's about consent yeah. and safe sex. Yeah. So, and yeah, everyone consents to that. And I mean, I did have people approach me to ask if they could touch me. So at least they asked, but it's like, no. <laughs> How do you say, I mean, according to this book, which is one of my questions, like you're supposed to thank everyone who approaches you and shows interest, which we already got out of the way. Like you don't agree with that. No. Um, at this party, I was like, no, but yeah, I definitely don't agree with being thankful for everyone that approaches you. I mean, you probably, you two have probably experienced it in a bar. You know, like you're just like, I just want to have a drink and sit here. And then like three guys approach me once at a bar. And I was just like, no, I'm not interested. And, you know, that has happened to me at clubs, too. It's like, I don't, I'm not obligated to owe you anything just because you say hello. Yeah. If you buy me a drink, I'm not obligated to suck your dick, you know? <laughs> if you say hello to me on a dating app, I'm not obligated to respond. So I think there's this, like, self-entitlement cis men have especially mm -hmm. that if you do the bare minimum, like, women are supposed to fall all over you. So... Um, I was at a club and this guy was talking to me. I was like, oh, no, this is not going well. And I was just like, I'm not interested in you. He's like, why? I'm sexy. I'm handsome. Why do you want? I'm just like, what do I have to say? Do you want me to lie to you? Do you want me to say I have a boyfriend? I'm not interested. Oh, so, like, some people can be aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was fine. I felt safe. Like I said, I had met another partner there that I saw later, and he was also really involved in that scene, and he was very good at what he did. <laughs> so um, that was kind of my sex party story. It wasn't like, that sounded very simple and very tame. <laughs> How long were you there for? A few hours. I had to work the next day. <laughs> I think it was on a Sunday night. <laughs> Ooh, that's daring. Like, throw your sex party on a Sunday night. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but it was very fun. Yeah, and you're like... TikTok. <laughs> no, it's like midnight. I have to get up. I got a meeting in the morning. <laughs> so that sounds like a really positive experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Like I said, there were fluid barriers and things like that. So I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Good to know. I just, when I think about that, a room full of strangers, I just get so much anxiety. 
And I loved hearing that there's no booze or drugs because that just seems like boundaries could get crossed really easily that way. Yeah, they're really strict about that from what I understand. But I mean, I guess if you're a voyeurist or an exhibitionist, you enjoy it. So I guess I found out I was both. Well, I knew I was a voyeurist, but I found out I was an exhibitionist. And of course, I'm a burlesque dancer. So, uh, (laughs) you know, that kind of makes sense. Can I mention that you're a model? Oh, yeah. Does that play into your exhibitionism or? Not really. I was really, really nervous the first time I was an art model. So how I found out about art modeling is I went to this loft that used to be around on Santa Fe. And I walked in with a friend and there were just like naked people on the stage, not moving. And I was like, what the fuck? And one had like a a taxidermy cow head on. You would know her, but. (laughs) (laughs) And... I, I thought it was really interesting. Somehow I got involved in it. And, uh, you know, I just started modeling. But the first time I was modeling, people just stare at you. And I was not used to it. I'm like, I'm naked. People are staring at me. I can't move. But they're just artists. They're just, like, drawing yeah, you. Yeah. I don't think it, it didn't contribute. Because I feel like if you're like, I'm sexy, it's just kind of, like, exploiting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, like, making you uncomfortable. You're a 19-year-old student. You know, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's taking the art, or I guess it's not taking it seriously if you're... Yeah, but that didn't mean some artists didn't exploit it, which okay. was creepy. Like, you know, I'd, I'd agree to be in sessions where eventually it would turn to, oh, so you're bisexual. Why don't you tell me oh, no. how you sleep with your girlfriend? I was like, oh my God, I'm naked alone with this <gasps> artist I thought I trusted. <laughs> and oh, now he's awful. just trying to get his kicks. So yeah, it wasn't always that way. Do you report people like that? in the community this was years ago and I talked to another really experienced model about it and she's like oh he's just like that so I think that was the attitude I know (laughs) yeah it's sad it's too bad and it should change I don't model anymore because I'm too busy okay do you want to go through the rest of the question are you I think you kind of asked me about the time being an ethical slut takes up uh it depends I think on your style so a relationship anarchist I think you know you can make more time for yourself polyamory like you have multiple committed relationships I don't know how people do it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I want my own time I have other hobbies like (laughs) it's hard enough worrying about one person's emotions and needs let alone multiple people. It seems like it would be really taxing to me because you would have to be very responsible, I would imagine. I mean, there's mention here of like a Google Doc. (laughs) 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 Maybe they didn't say Google, but it was basically that, like a check off, you know, when you're dating this person, that person. And then I was, have you dated someone with kids? Because the kids thing, it's a whole other layer. Like you have to be respectful and be consistent for the kids' sake as well. Have you had experience with that? I have not. Okay. I'm open to it, but I haven't dated anyone with kids. I'll be 40 in March. So what has tended to happen as I've been in like non-monogamous relationships is I'm dating people younger. And maybe it's because they don't, they don't have the obligations of uh, like marriage or kids, which I understandably takes up time. And like you said, you have to think about the kids in those situations. Yeah. So I feel like I just keep dating younger and younger. Uh (laughs) Little Ham is like five years younger and the castrator is almost 10 years younger. And I mean, I have dated very young people. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, when I was on the apps, I found that the younger people were more engaging, more respectful, more Mm -hmm. treated me more like a person. I saw a lot of benefit to that. I I was also a little nervous because I was thinking more in terms of monogamy and hmm, I didn't know if it would be a good fit, like 
with the kids and all that. I just wasn't sure, like, it would be better for a more casual experience. But yeah, I had more fun definitely talking to the younger people, the younger cis dudes in, in particular. Oh. I just, I just want to say, like, Gen Z is doing good, as you said. Gen Alpha, which is my son, um, I called him ma'am the other day, and he told me not to misgender him. So oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My heart is so warm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for our kids' generation because, like, the way I talk to them is, like, you know, some married people are, like, of different sexes. Did you know that? Like, and one of them's like, there's a child in my class who's a boy and a girl. It's like, that's awesome. Which one is it? So I'll know who to... But they they have no... They have not been sullied by culture the way our generation has. It is hard to shake that stuff, I think, because we're a little more older than you are. But I think it's the same thing where it's, it's hard to shake that, you know, that kind of ingrained fear or just you know fear yeah. of t- being taken advantage of just, by other people just fear of being hurt or yeah. like <laughs> like I, I just if I walk down the street holding a woman's hand I'm just assuming that someone's gonna like hit me over the head <laughs> oh in like bad way or like hey do you want to have a threesome way no in a bad way oh, okay. like just because men are insulted that women like each other all oh, right such a threat <laughs> I think that was something else I was going to talk about. Uh, what's been great with uh, the castrator? I should <laughs> call her something else. But we had a really open conversation about STDs. And I think people should be more open about that. So I was date raped probably a decade ago. And this was before me too. And we were drunk and high. And I told him no. But he did it anyway. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I felt partially responsible. I was like, oh, it wasn't a rape. You know? like Right. But then I got chlamydia. <laughs> Asshole oh. gave me chlamydia. But luckily, we have antibiotics for that stuff. And, you know, I feel like people, it's so shameful to talk about STDs that you had. But I think it should really be destigmatized mm-hmm. because it happens. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I was glad I could have a conversation with my trans partner about that and I mean I've had conversations about that with other people and it scares them away I'm like um it's like when you have strep throat and you take antibiotics it's gone it's gone but even people with HSV1 or 2 like that should all be stigmatized I think um yeah people should not feel shame when talking about it right yes I mean I think more people would be upfront for one and share information if you know because yeah it's it's a real treat to have someone uh tell you that they're no longer interested You know, thankfully, those people are assholes. So they're like, hey, I'm an asshole. And then they leave. And that's actually a gift. Agree. So we have you've brought four books with you. Yes. Uh, We have Ethical Slut. We have Polysecure, which is uh, attachment trauma and consensual non-monogamy. Then we have Polyamory, a clinical toolkit for therapists and their clients. And then Jealousy Survival Guide, how to feel safe, happy and secure in an open relationship. So of these four books, which one do you like the most? I think Jealousy, their survival guide was the most helpful. I think the person who wrote it just came from a place where anybody could relate, whether you're polyamorous, non-monogamous, monogamous, whatever, whatever you're in. And it really helped me how to deal with my jealousy and be empathetic to everyone in the situation. That was the most, well, <laughs> then I look at Ethical Slut, which was like the primer. And I learned a lot from this. But like we said, it needs some new additions with submissions from everyone from Gen X to Gen Z. I don't even know how old Gen Alpha is. I don't think they're teenagers yet, right? No. no oh, okay. Not yet. Yeah. All right. Um, what, what did you get? So this, so Jealousy Survival Guide, self-explanatory. What did you get the most out of from Ethical Slut? My favorite excerpt was about jealousy. Oh, je- jealousy. Yeah. When I had read that back in like 2013, that was a new concept for me. Because I was just really used to kind of 
monogamous jealousy, which seemed to be really acceptable back then. Like I was in a same sex relationship for four years. I was in opposite sex relationship for five years before that. And like the jealousy seemed to work the same way. But I think also it's just kind of like how our generations are conditioned. So that was an epiphany for me, just learning that jealousy didn't have to control your relationship, basically. I was really interested in reading the jealousy part because even though I'm in a monogamous relationship, there's jealousy. I've had jealousy before. And something that stuck with me was the jealousy they're describing in in this book with uh, open relationships. It's different, I think, than the jealousy you'd have in a monogamous relationship. And this is only from my experience. Like the jealousy I had in my monogamous relationships sometimes was the doing of my partner. You know, they were doing things that were not okay. You know, when you're in a polyamorous relationship, it's accepted that there is another person involved. But in a monogamous relationship, that person, there isn't supposed to be somebody else, right? So I, I wanted to apply this, but it's like, I just wanted to note that like to deal with your jealousy in a monogamous relationship, I think the first step is definitely to make sure that your partner isn't doing something. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's called cheating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not ethical. <laughs> um, that's a problem. And yeah, like people in monogamous relationships that don't have consensual non-monogamy uh, with every relationship, it's communication. Did you have jealousy in monogamous relationships? Have you oh, ever yeah. experienced that? Yeah. And did, was that their fault or was it coming from you? Was it from your insecurity or was it from them being unethical? Well, I'm thinking about my first toxic relationship and years later I talked to a mutual friend who's like, oh yeah, he always cheated on his girlfriends, but I think you were okay. And so it really made oh. me reframe <laughs> those feelings. I was like, oh, well maybe that feeling of jealousy was valid. So it's hard to say. I think even in ethical slut, they were saying jealousy can be like if your partner is working too much or I mean, I had a partner that was jealous of my pet rats <laughs> because I was paying more attention to them than him. <laughs> um, so I guess it just depends on the situation. But yes, I, I've definitely experienced jealousy. I was uh, I was jealous of my now husband's three cats because I'm allergic. And oh, I was no. like, yeah, when we first got together, I was like, you know what? I think we're going to have to rehome them. And he's like, I think you're going to be rehomed before they get <laughs> <laughs> And I did love them very much. Uh, but you couldn't breathe. I couldn't <laughs> breathe. And uh, once they all passed away, we did not get another one. Maybe eventually, though. Now I have my son asking for cats and dogs, so it never ends. Just get some rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think the jealousy thing, like, when I was younger, like, I would always feel bad when I felt jealous because I was like, oh, it's my issue, it's my issue. And then now at this age, I know, like, when I feel jealous, it's for a reason. It's because I'm not making this shit up. It's like, oh, the person, suddenly my picture that was in his bedroom is is gone. And, like, he had someone staying with him for the weekend. Just a friend, but, like... Mm. Like, my spidey senses pick up on that shit, and I I don't take it as my own problem anymore. Like, I'm pretty, I'm almost 100% confident when I feel that jealousy. But if you're in a relationship where everyone is open, I would, yeah, I would think that the jealousy would come from a different place. Although, I mean, you're honest about having sex or relationships with someone else. Are you also, have you made a, a grander like an all-encompassing deal to be honest with each other, like even about the more difficult things, like, you know, that you would want to maybe fib to your partner about, like, yeah, my mom loves you or, you know, stuff like that. Or- I think uh, just like in monogamy, it involves trust. You have to trust your partners. And in non-monogamy, you have to have even more trust, I think, that they're going to tell you the truth because you know that they're seeing other people. 
-hmm. you have to trust that your metamors get tested and that they're using fluid barriers. You have to trust when your partner tells you how they feel about your metamor, you know? And that's that's can be really hard. It's, you know, again, ethical stuff's like infinite love, but there's something called new relationship energy I learned about. What is that? Oh, that's in here. oh is oh. it? Yeah. That is not in my edition. Uh, I learned about it through a multi-emory. When, you know, when you first meet someone and you're just like, oh, you're mm-hmm. Twitter pated or whatever you want to call it. And that's something that Vincent told me too. He was just like, well, if Lil Ham is really into his partner right now, he has to remember what's important to him. He has to remember, like, does he want to keep you in his life? Like, he can't just go run off and forget about you, right? And that, I think that's what can be hard in mm. non-monogamy. So there's a section, in, I haven't read this yet because we closed the relationship and it, it didn't really resonate with what I was experiencing, what I experience now. But that's there a polyamory is a, book. There's a chapter in here about new relationship energy and how your partner needs to be conscious of that and mm. also how you can deal with that. <laughs> You're watching your partner go through this because how painful is that? Yeah. You're just like, You're crazy about this person. What about me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think those can be some real obstacles in polyamory. And um, while Lil Ham and I are seeing uh, the castrator together, like we haven't experienced that. And I think that's why it works so well. We're like having these experiences together. We are exploring our queer sides. We're, uh, it's really beautiful. We're not jealous. We have amazing sexual experiences. It's just beautiful. And the person, like the castrator's hilarious. We all get along. <laughs> I don't know, it's beautiful. It makes me really happy. I gotta say, I grew up Mormon. And the first I time, forgot that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna share this on my Instagram and Facebook where like my family members are and I'm just gonna have to be out about it. <laughs> hey guys. Well my sister knows, but Oh wow, okay. Um, but Well yeah. you know what? Well, I mean, it goes with the history of Mormonism that you would you're honoring the tradition. Well not as a woman. I should be a nice sister wife and <laughs> shut my mouth. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, the first experience I had with Laham and the castrator, I was just like, oh my God, if this is Mormon hell, I want to go there right now. (laughs) This is outer darkness. (laughs) So I can't wait to go party with Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wanted to ask you, and I mentioned this already, just you were so insanely personable. And there's a quote in the ethical slut third edition that we read on page 105 it says when you show people that you're seeing them it's natural for them to start seeing you as in like as you see somebody existing and who they are and they they will see you as well and you're someone who's very good at seeing people and it's a very rare gift I think to be able to do that and to have that like sincere interest so are people I would imagine people be drawn to you (laughs) and if you're in environments where there are a ton of people to choose from (laughs) I'm just imagining people clamoring for you and (laughs) (laughs) honestly like so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that well I grew up half of my life in Utah so I I came out to California when I was 19 but I think culturally in LA especially people are like I'm a star I want to be a movie star or a singer or whatever and people are just all about themselves super narcissistic um But also, I was an anthropology major, so I'm really interested in people. And I've had dates accuse me of interviewing them. Uh (laughs) So I'm much more interested in people than I am about talking about myself, unless you're asking me questions about, you know, polyamory, I guess, which (laughs) I've thought about it, I've thought about and how to make it work. So, (laughs) Um, 
I don't know. I'm sure people throw themselves at you too as well. <laughs> um, oh, look at her turning it back to us. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> hey. <laughs> And it was weird because I grew up, my sister just sent me a picture today of when I was going through my awkward phase <laughs> of a teenager. I'll have to show you guys. But um, I was a nerd in high school. No one ever gave me attention. People made fun of me all the time. Oh, hold on. So this is me as a teenager with my sister. <laughs> I was, I'm the blonde one. <laughs> oh my God, little baby. So, yeah, no wonder I couldn't get a date. But um, that's so cute. <laughs> so it was kind of weird when I was getting attention, but I feel like it's um, how you present yourself too. And I feel like getting into burlesque and learning how to do your makeup and learning what to wear. I went to a Bowie club like for his birthday a couple of weeks ago. My friend was teaching at she she was hosting it, and there were just like all these Gen Z kids there. <laughs> And I like got all dressed up to the nines. I had two pairs of eyelashes on. I, you know, I had a corset on. I had like this big hair piece. I was wearing this slip from the 30s. And I bought these irregular choice shoes in London. And they were just out there. They're like drag shoes. And I walked in and all the kids were just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they've never seen a freak like that before. And I love to dance. And I'm like, oh, God, the minute I get on the dance floor, it's going to be havoc. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. I love Bowie. And so I started to dance and all these drunk Gen Zers started stumbling oh, up I'm to sure. me. They were like frat boys. <laughs> but there were also some really cute girls there, too. Like this cute girl with blue hair came up and talked to me. And I don't know. It was, it was really fun. And that's something else that, that I talked to Lil Hem about. And I was like, well, what if someone approaches me at a club? How should we do this? I'm going to have to sit them down and they're drunk. And I'm like, so I'm in this kind of relationship. Do you like us? <laughs> you know? So it's it leads into more complications with ethical sledding. But I just want to say a bunch of people like stumbling towards you. That that was the Frankenstein orgy. And, that's, and that is why I left. <laughs> I don't blame you. I was just like, I want to dance to Let's Dance. Can you go away? <laughs> <laughs> you, you two have probably experienced that in your careers. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> I just have to say, I love that you mentioned that that girl, that Metamore had pink hair because you have a rainbow in your hair right now. <laughs> You're like, fuck that pink hair girl. <laughs> Got a fucking rainbow in my hair. <laughs> but yes, yeah, you cut a striking figure. So oh, I'm... Um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you're having a really good time. Yeah, I'm in a happy place. I I'll have to say that it always hasn't been that way. Yeah. When um we were going to continue on with an open relationship, I didn't know if I could handle it emotionally or oh, with an open relationship. So I don't know. I think it just depends on the person. Oh, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much. No, you've saved this book for us because we were struggling so hard. We're on like month six of avoiding this book. <laughs> Yeah, I remember it was like September, August or September when we picked it up. Can you tell me the struggles you had with the book? I'm very curious. I think for me, it just, I had relation, not relationships really, but I had like, I was part of other couples sex for like for a while especially like a lot in college and then a couple scattered after college and then actually just like a month ago or two months ago someone propositioned me and it felt like oh yeah this is something I could possibly do it's not like it's part of my experience and it looks nothing like this book because these are kind of one-off things that are fun I have no responsibility I'm the guest of honor you know and it's, yeah, I just know what that is. Like, I've defined it in my head, which is always already something kind of hard to do because it's so outside the norm of a relationship or, like, mainstream 
so I'm like, I got this. And then I read this book. I'm like, I don't got this because I don't know. This doesn't look like this at all, you know? So I think that's why I found it frustrating. Like, this doesn't apply. This book doesn't apply to me. And I know everyone loves this book. And this book has some great advice. So I felt lost again and frustrated, I guess. What, what do you think? I, I felt the same way. Like, um, the authors really create this world of possibility in this book that I don't feel is, like, my husband not into it. I've n- I've never had like a an experience like this. So I felt like that was this world that I was I'm outside of and will never be in and part of that's my choice, you know, like I'm not I'm I haven't been drawn to this. And the jealousy thing as I said, like I have experienced jealousy but it's been because I've been with a shitty person, you know, mm. like so it's 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 not the jealousy that's in this book. So then at the end there's this whole um story of a woman at a party. I don't know if it's in your edition, but um she she goes to this lesbian party and she's she just describes like this very exhibitionist style sex act that I I really couldn't relate to just because it just I I'm not I don't know like I've never had the desire to like do something so intimate in front of other people and stuff like that. So I felt like the book like for me really went off the rails at the end because it was just like it was just I could not imagine myself being happy at a place like that. So I think, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, does that make, does that, is that what we talked about? Yeah, I guess, yeah, a lot of it is like just, she's describing a world that I'm just not involved in. But when you're talking about it, like, it's so grounded, you know, because you're, they talk about jealousy too, but, you know, your solution was something that's kind of brilliant. It's like, well, somebody in the relationship is feeling left out. Well, let's not do that anymore. Our solution is we're going to together do this. That makes sense to me. Hearing that story, I'm like, if I was with a different partner, which I'm not going to be, hopefully, <laughs> you know, that is something that I could see working. The other thing I'm going to mention is we had done the book Getting to I Do with an author uh, and we did not like it. And the little research I did on her was she had come out of a really shitty relationship and, and went like, I'm going to be an independent woman. I'm going to write these books. I'm going to, I'm not going to get into something like that again. And her focus was on how to get married. One of the authors had a similar experience. She talked about more than, more than four decades ago, I left my daughter's violent uh, father. I will never be a piece of property again. And that was kind of a similar motivation, except she went in the other direction. And neither one of those, like, I can't relate to either, to that experience so that's another reason why I I know that I'm not I would never come from that place so it's just another it was just another point that I felt like removed from the situation so yeah that's it I'm so glad we talked to you though (laughs) yeah no problem I mean I think that's very valid like if you're happy in a monogamous relationship that's wonderful not everybody has to be a slut (laughs) you know it's not for everyone and I think it's an emotional struggle sometimes so I mean I'm really happy for you I'm glad that you've got your husband and your kid and it sounds great but I mean I do wonder like had I not met him like maybe things would have gone a different way because it does seem exciting the fact that you could have different people meet different needs and that is something that I do believe in for myself I mean as far as like I don't go to my husband for all support I don't go for you know complete emotional support sometimes I talk to somebody else sometimes I I will go out and do stuff with other people with friends and in that way like I do feel like I get a little bit of taste of what it's like to have outside people people outside the relationship take care of other parts of my needs so that was kind of cool to read to read about that like I do I I do feel like I can relate to that part that sounds like a healthy relationship to me (laughs) yeah oh shoot I always had so much to say and I'm trying to think about what you were saying how you related to this because I mean you were talking about being like the guest of honor and threesomes and stuff like that but is it kind of like you're trying to get over the conditioning of monogamy or it's oh yeah oh is that what I mean that's a big part of it okay I have an avoidant anxious attachment style as well so it I actually do like I'm aware of like wanting to hoard people and hoard love I mean, that's the way I was when I was younger. And 
honestly like having triplets is the best thing in the world oh. because I'm like I have so many of them like I need that feeling I, I like that like um you're not gonna kiss me you are then you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> that's the way I, I mean I really am like I know I know that's who I am and so I do, and I love the idea of like having people, like multiple people that you could rely on and love. And like, I love being myself. I love being by myself because I'm the essence of me at that time. And every time I get into a relationship, I like, I'll adjust a little something. And I feel like if you didn't have that, the way my brain is conditioned, when you're with a partner, you adjust. And I don't want to adjust. I want to just be myself, you know, and not feel that I have to adjust and there's so many good reasons why I think this would appeal to me but I just cannot like there's something about it it's like I kind of have to know someone inside and out to be able to, to feel comfortable and safe with them what <laughs> I just read a term demisexual oh yeah according to the article I read like it's about uh demisexuals only get sexually interested in people when they feel comfortable with their personality is that correct do you know the term well I've been talking to a demisexual over fields um, and they have a partner right now, but they're also kinky. But the thing, the difference I experience I've had with the demisexuals, you know, they want to get to know me before we do sexual acts. And that's been kind of nice because, you know, when you meet people over apps, sometimes there's a lot of pressure to get together now. So that's been my experience. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. They want to get to know people. I'm sorry. No, I think that's what you are. I've decided you're demisexual. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You know, I've, I've talked about a relationship anarchy before with you, Barbara, but I don't know, maybe, maybe you can decondition the monogamy and like be a demisexual relationship anarchist. Wow, is there a guide? Because it seems to me like you'd have to have experiences. And I just, I got real burnt out. I felt burnt out after the last thing I, last person I actually did see. Mm. I just don't know how to get, get it up, you know, for the next experience. <laughs> I, like, what do I do? Uh, you know, you got your grounding in your kids and Vera and your friends. And that's what you got. And with relationship anarchy, which was great about it for me, is like, I'm not dependent on this person for like emotional security. Like we can have fun and have sex and then they can go see other people. and I can go see other people and it doesn't matter to me. And I think that probably appealed to my avoidance side, mm -hmm. but it made me feel very independent. So, I mean, I remember on one of your podcasts, you're like, I just want to be with my kids. And it sounded like you just wanted to like have casual sexual partners is that wrong or is that right no I think that that's right except I don't want it to be so casual I don't know who they are you know oh yeah you don't have to have just like one <laughs> night stands like I was seeing this woman she was so young she was like 19 when I met her yeah. <laughs> I was seeing her for like two years but it was just like you know we kept in touch we saw each other once in a while and I mean that was a perfect relationship for me yeah I think if I hadn't developed an attachment to Lil Ham I would still be doing it. I was very happy. So I don't know if that helped answer your question. Yeah. I, li I like to hear the practical, like the, what people's experiences are, because it's just I'm filtering it through something that's not fear. I'm filtering it through fear, I guess. Are you afraid of getting hurt? Like physically hurt. Like I'm just like I'm super I'm afraid of wasting time and energy and my physical safety. You know, like we talk about that a lot because of Amy Harwick being killed. And just yeah. I'm, I'm very. So sorry. Yeah, I just I, and I'm very in tune with like that I've just become very I've read a lot and all that stuff so and and it's a big deal to me because I have three children who depend on me you know it's like a, it's become a very visceral fear so um and yeah, it's just really hard to balance all that stuff and have fun fucking like I have to get through all that to get it's hard <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to do it so in the beginning you talked about wanting to find that community that's going to be with you 
through your old age. Have you found that? Yeah. It comes and goes, though. So I have, like, my main family that I depend on. Like, I depend on my polyamorous friend that has been polyamorous for 10 years. We talk. My exes, a couple of my exes were, like, chosen family. <laughs> but unfortunately, my partner, who is a cross-dresser and bisexual, he died. Um, oh yeah, gosh. it was really sad. It was really unexpected. And that's hard because it's like losing a family member. We were planning to, like, support each other through old age emotionally, right? Be there for each other. That was hard. Um, then I kind of had a falling out with another ex who I was really close to. So what I've learned from that is, like, families come and go. Like, family members, like, even blood relatives can come that's and go. totally true. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I guess you keep maintaining a solid base and you show people like did I tell you about my neighbor that so even in my little apartment community we kind of take care of each other and one of my neighbors is elderly and he got really depressed and so we've been taking turns like checking up on him bringing him stuff my neighbors will help take care of my cats when I'm gone so I don't know I think you can find community in a lot of different ways good answer good answer thank you so much for joining us for (laughs) yeah (laughs) You've saved us. <laughs> We've been posting about this. Uh, I, and I think we got some, we got a lot of interest. Like a lot of people, when we first started posting about Ethical Slut, a lot of people piped up to say, this is the way to go. You know, a lot of people commented that they're so happy being in their relationships. And I'm I'm glad that we could, that two n- non-sluts could bring this, <laughs> could bring this book uh, to our listeners. So thank you. Thanks for meeting with us. Yes, thank you so much. Um, do you want to do any plugging of yourself or um, you can keep it I'm private? I'm busy. Unfortunately, I, I plan to get back to burlesque and creative things in the future. But right now I'm looking for a new career. So who knows? Yeah. And that will be in law. So who knows if I'll ever have time again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But thank you. And thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, I could talk for five more hours. So if you have any questions, just let me know. <laughs> well, maybe we should have like a segment like where we can just submit questions to you. Oh, if you'd be open to answering them like ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be just as long as these answers. But that's <laughs> what editing's for. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. These are the Poobel twins and Prita Boutte signing off from Barnesville Park. Have a wonderful day. Yay. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks, you too.